Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 195 of the Big Boo Cast. Now, last week, Melanie and I got to talk to Coach Mike Leach and as far as we were concerned, that was as good as 2020 was going to get on the podcast front. But then midweek, something happened and we'll tell you about that in just a little bit that changed our course for this week's episode and I have to say... I think 2020 is even now a little bit better because of who we get to talk to today. We cannot wait for you to listen. We cannot wait to tell you how it all came to pass. And we hope you really enjoy listening to episode 195. One more thing. If you think about it, if you just happen to be ambling that way, if you would leave a review for our little podcast on whatever app you use, particularly if you use Apple Podcasts, that would be delightful and appreciated. And we would be ever so grateful. All righty, here we go with episode 195. Hey, everybody, this is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And we are surprised and happy and delighted. (laughs) Delighted. We're so happy with what we have going on today. Over the moon. Let me say it's our lesson in dreams come true, kids. That's right. Okay, so to to set this up for y'all a little bit, when Melanie was in Birmingham a couple of weeks ago, we kept saying um, two things. One was that you can't score if you don't shoot. Right. And you can't hit if you don't swing. And I don't know about y'all, but I've needed a little extra motivation these last um, couple of months. It's um, been a little hard to feel super motivated, but I don't um, know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. So the other day I was talking to David about, about Lenox Hill and how I love Lenox Hill and how it was my second favorite show of quarantine behind somebody feed Phil. And he said, well, y'all, y'all ought to have Phil on the podcast. And I kind of thought, Okay. <laughs> So without even telling Melanie, did I, did I tell you beforehand? Did I? Yeah, you did. You did. Okay. You said, I'm going to message Phil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's right. Cause I talked to you on the way. I think I was going to walk in. Yeah. And so I sat in my car and I, I composed a message to Phil on Instagram. I just direct messaged him. And, um, that was that. And then the next morning and asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast. And the next morning I woke up and I had an answer from him and he said, let's do it. And listen, nobody was more surprised by that than the two of us. <laughs> Would you like to be on our podcast that, that we started? We're just two moms with unstationary mics that have been known to record That's from beanbags. It'll be everything you're used to. Super professional. professionalism. Yes. So he said, yes. And uh, because as y'all know, I mean, we've talked about it a ton. Melanie discovered somebody feed Phil uh, six or seven weeks ago, told me about it. I started watching. We have loved it. We have talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. So we are so excited that today on the podcast, we're talking to Phil Rosenthal from Somebody Feed Phil. Another sentence we didn't think we'd say in 2020. (laughs) 
another another sentence not on our 2020 bingo card as you said <laughs> last yes. week Mm-hmm. So we're not saying we're shifting to a show that does interviews. We're just saying like, if we had the chance, we wanted to take it. Absolutely. So, so we are about to talk to Phil Rosenthal and we are so excited about that and so happy that y'all are here to hear it. And I will say this also to try to learn a little bit more about how he got to this place in his life where he travels around the world and he really uses food as a bridge to meet people and to tell people stories. I bought his memoir that was published in the relatively early 2000s over the weekend. And I'm about halfway finished. And it is in the exact cadence in which he speaks. It's so easy to read and so fascinating to kind of get the behind the scenes of Everybody Loves Raymond and how all that came to fruition. And so um, he's just as great a writer as he is, a, I mean, we knew he was a great TV writer, but he's just mm-hmm. a great, as great a memoir writer as he is a TV writer and travel TV host. So anything else we need to cover before we talk to Phil? I think that's it. I think we're ready. I hope y'all enjoy it. We're really looking forward to it. All right, here we go, y'all, with Phil Rosenthal. <music> Melanie, when did, when did you first mention Somebody Feed Phil? Was that like a, a I think like a month ago? ago, like four or five weeks ago, yeah. somebody had somebody had put it on Instagram. And so, you know, at this point in 2020, I've watched all of Netflix and somebody said, you need to try this show called Somebody Feed Phil. And so mm-hmm. I started it and immediately fell in love with it and then mm-hmm. told Sophie, you've got to watch this show. Right. And if there's a place ever where I'm going to commit, it's with television. Like I'm, I'm listen, that's just the kind of person I'm going to go in. Obsessed is a strong word, right? But we have loved it so much. So my husband, who has listened to me talk incessantly about somebody feed feel, and then now I'll have what Phil's having because I bought it on Amazon, um, is convinced that I'm going to pull a Chris Farley today. And it's going to be like that old Chris Farley sketch on Saturday Night Live where he was like, hey. I've done it myself. I've gotten to meet people that I love and I just turned to jelly. But I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to be good. I think we're, we've got a good way forward. Um, so again, thank you so much for doing this. And I, I just want to tell you, I also in the interest of research, because, you know, we want to be, we want to be really informed about what we're doing today. I nice. bought your book this past weekend. Wow. Did you read it? I did. I did. And I'm in the middle of it. I'm wow. right now. You have just cast Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, that's where I am in the book. Yeah. So Here's my first question, because Melanie and I both write memoir kind of books. At this point, she's written, I think, Melanie, how many have you written? Five? Five books, yes. Yeah, and I've written four. And and so as I'm reading your memoir, I think, okay, so what's tougher for you? Is it the TV writing or the memoir writing, or are they both just pure agony? Like, where, <laughs> where <laughs> how did that work out for you when you were doing that? You know, I spent my whole childhood and adolescence avoiding homework. Right. Right. Yes. Everything I could. My parents would say, if you spend as much time on your homework as you did getting out of your homework, you would be so much better. Isn't it ironic (laughs) that my profession became homework? Right. Every time I have to write something, that is the feeling that I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do it now. Get it over. uh, Save it for for Sunday night. It's going to be off. And I guess that drives me, that hate of it. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing saying I hate writing, but I love having written. Yes, yes. 
look what I made. <laughs> it's not as much fun as making it. Oh, sorry. Hang let me, let me, uh, can you pause a second? Are we live? Oh, no, no. Let me just tell my brother that I'm on a, uh, it's Richard. You know who Richard is. Oh, right? we know. Tell Richard hello. <laughs> no. <laughs> So much easier and more fun to point to what you did than having to do it. 100%, 100%. So what I tell writers is, especially new writers starting out, but even old folks like me who forget, write stuff down, write stuff down every day, right? Just write it, keep a journal and then forget it and then come back to it. There may be something great in there, right? And it's much easier to write things down than to write for yes. sure. Yes. And I feel like after watching Somebody Feeds Phil, I had watched Everybody Loves Raymond and I loved it. But like seeing you interact with your parents um, and your dad, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is where <laughs> that came from. Like it makes so much sense. I can't point to a better example of write things down. Than yeah. <laughs> because, you know, if you worked for me, your job was to go home, get in a fight with your spouse and come back in and tell me about it. That was it. <laughs> 90% of what you saw happen to me or to Ray or to one of the other writers. And yeah. we usually, it's funny how nine years in, we still didn't understand that that was the lesson because you think you have to create. Yeah. And so we, you know, in the morning we'd come in first with where we're we going to order lunch. That's on the book. Where <laughs> order lunch is a big deal. Cause that's, and we talk and we talk in an effort to avoid working. Right. And then mm -hmm. invariably, what are we talking about? What happened at home? The stupid kids, the stupid wife, the stupid parents, the stupid me. Hey, wait a minute. Like like idiots. Wait a minute. That could be duh. Yeah. That's what it always is. Yeah. Right. Hey y'all, it's me with a quick break in the episode to talk to you about the school mask pack. As we all adjust to wearing masks as the new normal, parents are conflicted by a unique problem, which is finding a mask our kids will wear. That's why I'm so happy to have found the Crayola School Mask Pack. These masks are really lightweight and they're super adjustable, more so than any other mask that I have seen or tried. They have these little toggles on the sides of the bands that go around your ears where you can make it smaller or bigger as you might happen to need or as your kids might happen to need. And that ability to customize makes it so comfortable. Every school mask pack comes with five comfortable cloth masks. So your child has a fresh mask with a new fun design every single school day. And all the masks are built with a 3D design, a form fitting nose wire and adjustable ear straps. That's the little toggle thing I was telling you about. And that's the thing that really sets these masks apart. Crayola school masks are machine washable and come with a handy mesh laundry bag to stay organized and a calendar to track daily usage. So as you use your mask each week, you can just put them in the mesh pack and then they all stay together, which makes sorting your laundry and finding your mask in the laundry so much easier. As an added bonus, Crayola School Mask Pack will donate a portion of your purchase to a charity of your choice that supports kids who have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Donors choose No Kid Hungry and Heart of America. When it comes to making the best mask for you and your family, the Crayola Mask Pack has perfected every detail. The Crayola Mask Pack is a great solution for your family for back to school, and I 
wholeheartedly recommend it. So do what I did and get your family the Crayola School Mask Pack today at schoolmaskpack.com slash big boo. That's schoolmaskpack.com slash big boo. Here we go. Back to episode 195. You actually, you tell a story in the book about the fruit basket with your parents. Yes, Fruit of the Month Club. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So if somebody has has not read the book, that one story totally informed a a script you were working on for the show. Like it was kind of a magic moment for you to think about, Hey, this is the kind of thing that we're after. So you don't know. Yeah. Do you mind sharing that little story real quick? Uh, I gave my parents cause I thought I was being nice. I gave them a gift for uh, Hanukkah of the fruit of the month club. They lived in New York and I was here in LA and I got this phone call. It was my mother. Uh, Philip, uh, we got your Hanukkah present. Oh, good, good. Uh, do you like it? Oh, uh, it's very nice. But the, did you know it was a box of pears? <laughs> I said, yeah, Ma. The, I hope you like them. Oh, well, they're very nice, but there's so many pears. I mean, there's over a dozen <laughs> pears. Uh, what am I supposed to do with all these pears? I said, well, you eat them, I think. you Myself? <laughs> Well, dad is there. You can give some to dad. How many pears can your father eat? I mean, please do me a favor. Don't ever send us food again. And I said, well, another box is coming next month. He said, what, more pears? And I said, no, no, a different box every month. She said, every month? Oh, my God. Max, he got us in some kind of cult. What am I supposed to do with all this fruit? I said, you eat it, you share it, share it with your friends. Which friends? I don't know. Lee and Stan. Lee and Stan buy their own fruit. Why did you do this to us? <sighs> I, uh, I'll cancel it. I can't talk anymore. There's too much fruit in the house. So good. And that's, that's where the magic happens. It's right there in the middle of real life. You don't think your stupid life is worthy of anything. Right. Yeah. would be interested, right? Right. But it turns out, if you're a writer, you know this, the more specific you get, mm-hmm. the more relatable it becomes. Yeah. So just the fact that you react means you identify with something in there. And we hit a nerve. And I didn't know I was hitting it, but it turns out, here's what I learned. First of all, you can't give your parents a gift without yeah. it coming up in your face. This is somehow universal. And even beyond that, Fruit of the month. I had no idea. I got letters from all over the world that fruit of the month was this horrible thing that blew up in their face. Yeah. Oh, it came across as so nice. You know, my husband and I still say one of our favorite from Everybody Loves Raymond that we still quote is there's a, that episode where Raymond walks in on his wife and she's got, she's bleaching her, she's waxing her mustache. Or she's got the, he's like, excuse me, sir. I was looking for my wife. And we do that all the time. Like it's like a household thing. You know, it's nice if you're writing a comedy show, you work with funny people, right? Comedians. And he's a comedian and he can think of lines, you know, I don't know if that one was his, but mm-hmm. really, really funny uh, writers who, who half of them started as stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. So that's good to do. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it's just so many funny. And I think that's that whole thing because Sophie and I both write about our real life. And we always say like real life is so much better than anything you can make up because it's it's so bizarre look at um you know a show that's not funny to me is uh, uh veep 
Mm-hmm. Out mm-hmm. the top, what's really happening? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Can't. Yeah. It's Believe true. it. If you wrote this, and nobody will, because it's not, first of all not funny. Second of all, uh, you can't. You can't. Be, it's unbelievable. It's if unbelievable. Dramatized that it, it would not be believable. So I have to tell you, like. For me, when I discovered the show, so the way Netflix queued it up on my TV, I started with season three and I didn't realize I had. So I started in Marrakesh and then pretty early on, I watched the Chicago episode. I watched Chicago and it was right as everything with George Floyd had started to happen. It's amazing the timing of that. The timing. And I mean, I sat there, Phil, and I have to tell you, and I just cried. Like I just, like I get, I get emotional just thinking about it. I cried. I was like, this is so beautiful. And if everybody could have this kind of response to each other and love each other in this way. I was like, what a different place the world would be. And it seems like Sophie and I had said, what we love about the show is it's the food and the culture and we love seeing all that, but the way you connect with people um, and how food is that bridge. And did that kind of spawn this whole idea for the show or is that something that just happened along the way? No, no, no. I knew that uh, in my life experience of traveling and Yes, I love eating. I plan my vacations around where I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. But you got to do something between meals. So that's going to be cultural or, you know, or charitable or something uh, interesting. If it was just me eating, I knew that, that would, that's not a show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's nice for me, but I'm not <laughs> nice as anybody else. Uh, so what else is there? Well... What you learn if you travel at all is that food seems to be the great connector. And then for me, laughs are the cement. But mm-hmm. that's just where I'm coming from. You know, someone like Bourdain, he didn't need that so much because he was also an, a real adventurer, a real journalist. He evolved into a real journalist to the point where, you know, CNN, it was the top show on CNN because he was taking you to war-torn countries and like getting in. That's not me. So I'm just this pale kind of, uh, I don't want to say imitation of him, but I certainly am, am, am uh, you know, a, a uh, much less adventurous. You know, if you've, if you've read anything I've said before, I sold the show by saying I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. And that kind of defines where I'm coming from. First of all, you know that I'm going to be not him and that I might be a little bit funny. So that's, and that's the only thing I can bring to the genre that Anthony Bourdain kind of reinvented for the world, right? There's many, many food and travel shows. I'm very happy to say that there's a lot more diversity now in the field, you know, with great women and people of color and all kinds of people doing what I do. So how do you stand out? You can only bring, just like in Raymond, not an imitation of Seinfeld, Raymond, Raymond Mm -hmm. is Raymond. And Raymond has that sensibility. And so our show has that sensibility. And that sensibility, which I was part of, is now informing this. I've taken everything I've learned about how to make a television show, which is understanding what entertainment is, what humor is, how to incorporate it into whatever story you're telling, how to tell a story, right? And it's in the service now of everything I love in life. Mm -hmm. Family, friends, food, travel, laughs. Mm-hmm. These are my values, and that's the show. And the theme, that's not the theme. That's just what you're seeing. The theme, of course, is what you're getting, which is the connection to the people. And through those five things, 
we're making those connections. I think the world would be better if we all could experience a little bit of other people's experiences, right? Right, yeah. And traveling is the most mind-expanding thing we can do in life because we're all ambassadors. We need to be ambassadors, especially today. Well, not literally today, because nobody wants us right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're not welcome, Phil, right now. But yeah. before this virus, <laughs> there was another virus called, you know what it's called. And we had to battle that by being decent human beings. Even if you're half decent and you go to another country, you're already ahead. Yeah. And so you're putting something good in the world, meaning niceness, right? Mm -hmm. Openness, talking to someone and sitting down to eat with them, smiling at them, even not hurting them even yeah mm -hmm. yeah but what you get yeah. back from traveling selfishly you know it, there's nothing else in life that gives you something that lasts the rest of your life a different perspective right yeah see the world differently now yeah hello me again in the middle of the episode with a quick break to talk about thrive market a few weeks back i became a thrive market member they're delivering organic and sustainable groceries right to my door. I have loved seeing just the array of goodness that they have on their website. And I cannot imagine shopping or finding a better selection of granolas, especially y'all. I love a good granola and Thrive Market has such a great selection. I can't imagine looking for that any other way. Once you try Thrive Market, you will love it as much as I do. And here's why. As a proud Thrive Market member, I have access to get the products that I love and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need like a low-income family or a veteran, a first responder, among others. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values like paleo, keto, or plant-based, delivering the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries, healthy snacks, meat and seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning and bath and body. As a member, you can save 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices, and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. The savings I get on my favorite clean organic products are amazing, but I can also feel good, you can also feel good about helping to support communities in need. In addition to membership matching, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 relief fund. So go to thrivemarket.com slash bigboo, join today, and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $22 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash bigboo to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Thrivemarket.com slash bigboo. Okay, back to 195. One thing I love so much about watching you on the show is that Everybody you meet, um, and I think this is a little bit of a dying art, everybody you meet, you give the benefit of the doubt. Everybody. Well, because I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> but that's not our default right now, I don't feel like. And you go into... Oh, no, we're the best at everything. <laughs> we're number so one in being the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so you go into situations and give people the benefit of the doubt. And to watch them open up to you is just, it's magic. But it's so easy. Oh, it's so easy. Hello, genius. It's so, you know, just be nice, people. Just <laughs> just pretend you don't know everything. Right. And the world, How about that? The world does open up to you. Mm -hmm. Because people, here's human nature. 
We like when people are vulnerable and nice, and we don't like when they're arrogant and stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And you're a guest. You're a guest. It's not your house. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't go in a Baptist church and go, this isn't what I do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you see, why don't you try to see the good? That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Try um, to see the good. I may cry. I, I know. Like this is something that we all need right now. I think that um it's just it's it's been a time that it's worn people down when we were already a little worn down. So I, I love the way that you interact with people and you give them the benefit of the doubt. And then the other thing I really love, and this is this is a a, a different kind of deal, but you're you wear these shoes when you're in these different places. Do you know what do you know what I'm talking about, Phil? I've no, I've, I zoomed don't. On, <laughs> I've zoomed in on the shoes. I've tried to figure out what the shoes are. The shoes are, are black, they've got a thick sole, and I'm dying to know what kind of shoes they're, they are because they're, they, called, they're called hoka. They, oh, they're, they're hokas. Okay. You know about hoka? Yeah. Yeah, I know about hokas. They, they come in some clown colors, you know, <laughs> and I've got the black ones. And I'm afraid the black ones look like Frankenstein uh, <laughs> shoes. They're just very thick soles. Yes. Like, like that because they were designed for runners who were running downhill in Europe. The, they, and they were getting shin splints from running down hills. So they asked the shoe manufacturers, can you build a shoe that protects us a little bit? And it turns out that what would protect them is a thick sole. Mm-hmm. Some of the trend is to have like barefoot, like hardly mm-hmm. any sole. Turns out yeah. So good for any part of your feet through your legs into your lower back. And I have lower back issues. Why? Because I sit for a living. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I need those shoes. But now, uh, because I've, I've been exercising correctly and I got a guy that helps me, I can now graduate from those. Okay. If you see the third season, they're not as, they were ASICs, I think I graduated to. Oh, okay. Now I have a whole fleet of shoes and these are New Balance. See, like regular. Okay, okay. regular right? shoes, yeah. I'm sorry for my life. But that's, that's the shoe now okay. that I'm wearing. Uh, it could change, but the Hoka's are super comfortable. That's yeah. why. And by the way, you know, I'm old. I'm married 30 years. Well, I don't need to catch anyone with my shoes. It's You're not trying me. to lure women all over the world in with your no. shoes? No. no, I don't care if a woman looks at me. Um, have you tried Brooks at all? Have you ever tried Brooks shoes? I have. Okay. They're my faves. They're good too. Are they like Asics? I think they're, are they the same? No, I don't know. I think they're similar to Asics. I think they're a little wider than Asics, but they're my faves. I have flat feet and a bad back. And so okay. that's why I had the Frankenstein shoes. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad to know. I wondered. My I brother just... thinks it's great. My brother <laughs> just thinks, you know, that's character. You're a schlemiel. You <laughs> and when I'm doing the tango, should I have those when I... Oh, oh yeah. That's awesome. It's part of the thing. So, okay. So one of my other favorite moments and you talking about trying to get people to come out of their shell, when you were in Tel Aviv and you went to sit and you tried to unite the table of the two older Jewish women who did not want to unite, they were not interested at first. So here's even better about that. (laughs) Oh. So they tell me, well, we, we, when we first got to Tel Aviv, we're just looking around, walking around. And and uh, see the mall, and I see tables of old ladies. I'm like, oh, look at them, look at that. And I ask our fixer there, what's with that? Oh, they come every Tuesday, and then Wednesday there's another group, and they all why why because it's 
temperature controlled and they let them sit there. And if they mm -hmm. buy coffee from here and everybody wins, right? Yeah. And they let the old ladies to like take over. This, we don't really see this in, in America, right? No. So it was adorable. I said, <laughs> I want to join them for a thing. Well, let's set it up. So they set it up with a table the day of, they ask if they want to be filmed and uh, this guy Phil is going to come over with some cookies from this place. I don't want to meet them until I meet them. Everything is right. real, but mm -hmm. they just warn them that I'm coming. Okay. So I go over to the cookies and I haven't even seen the table. They, they point, it's that one over there. Okay. Get my cookies. And I come over and they're rolling. And I say, hello, my name's Phil. May I join you? And they look up and they go, no, thank you. And they look <laughs> And I'm like, what? What is this the right table? Yeah, we just talked to them. They either forgot in five minutes, they forgot, or they looked at me and said, nah, we don't think so. Maybe it was the shoes. Maybe it was. And then so I went. I just said, I'm going to the next table. So I went to the next table, and that's the table you see in the show. Okay. All and right. then the, the other table where they come from the other. Yeah. That's the first table. Okay. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah. So they eventually decided, hey, we do want to be in, but not all of us, the first table. One of yeah. them. <laughs> one. That's my, that's my detente. I got one. I loved it. My, uh, my grandmother on my dad's side, they're Sicilian. They came from Sicily and that it that group of women reminded me so much of my Sicilian family and the way they are. It's all the same. Yeah. Everyone's the same. That's what I've learned. I've been all over the world. Everyone's the same. I get letters from Sri Lanka about everybody loves Raymond. They said, that's my mother. I, How do I know your mother? <laughs> I was writing my mother. Oh, like pick a, pick a, pick any nationality. Well, that ma, she doesn't really interfere in her kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, the brothers, they're not jealous of each other. It doesn't happen. Right. 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 The husband's a slob and the wife tells him what to do. <laughs> Every single, they come to me, Korean people. Oh, Raymond, he's the Korean man. Oh, you're no kidding. <laughs> hey y'all, it's me here with a final break in the podcast episode to talk to you about Hydrant. Summer's here and it's crazy hot outside and we all know that we should drink more water. This is the story of my life. I need to drink more water. But by the time we feel thirsty, it's too late. We're already dehydrated and we can't focus and we feel tired. Drinking enough water is critical though for a healthy lifestyle. It increases our brain power, it boosts our productivity, prevents headaches, increases our focus, it improves our skin and our mood and it helps our digestion, even gives us energy. So how much water should we drink every day? 10 cups, a gallon? The good news is that it doesn't have to be so complicated and that's why I love Hydrant because Hydrant helps you hydrate faster. Hydrant has created a refreshing electrolyte powder that you mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It hydrates you quickly and each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. It's also loved by pro athletes, top performers, and it has thousands of five-star reviews. It's made with real fruit juice powder. It's delicious, it's refreshing, and it comes in a variety of flavors. I happen to love the blood orange and the lime. Here's what I love about it. This tastes like you have squeezed fresh fruit into your water. So with the lime that I love so much, it really tastes like I have squeezed fresh limes 
into my water just happens to be that that lime flavor also has really good electrolytes that my body needs. Plus, Hydrant is backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. You really need to try for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes incredible and it starts at just a dollar a packet for a 30 day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. We happen to have a special deal for our listeners to save 25% off your first order. Go to drinkhydrant.com slash big boo or enter our promo code big boo at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash big boo or enter the promo code big boo at checkout for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash big boo and enter the promo code big boo to save 25%. And thanks Hydrant for supporting the podcast. Here's the rest of episode 195 with the magical Phil Rosenthal. One, one of my favorites, Melanie and I talked about this. She was in Birmingham a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this episode actually in some detail is um, because this is what we talk about in pandemic. We talk about the Somebody Feed Bill episodes and um, the, but we talked about the Venice episode, which one looked like a trip to a museum. Like it was just stunning visually to watch that episode. Well, you can't, I mean, first of all, we have wonderful cinematographer yeah. and director, John Badolis, and the beautiful cameras that we use are 4K cameras. If you have a 4K mm. television, it's just like incredible. And then I have to say, Venice, hard to screw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? That pork chop we have talked about. Um, the the Also hard I think to screw it, up. Yeah. I mean, that pork chop is... is something else but what really got me in this episode in that episode and what what made me all teary-eyed and weepy was your time with Massimo Batura because I fell in love with him watching Chef's Table did you ever watch Chef's Table I love the first one yeah the very first one and so I mean it feels like that being with him would just be like getting you just be swept up in like a joy cyclone with him like it would just be a non-stop day you know since the show you, you saw him revisit in the in New York episode. And yes, then I did. Off camera, we've become friends. I've seen him three or four times since then. Oh, love I that. love that. I love his passion for what he does. I love, um, again, he seems to just approach life wide open um, with deep affection for people. And so I thought that was fantastic. And so now I not only want to go to Venice one day, I want to go to Moderna. I want to, I want to try the vinegar. I want to, I want to see yeah. every every little piece of yeah. that place yeah it's really Absolutely. beautiful well that I, my job yeah. how do you know where you want to go how do you just you just kind of look at the map and go that looks well, good start, or is it really start yeah. with food it is that simple uh uh starting with i'll have what phil's having that pbs series we got six right away right so where do you want to go well mm-hmm. if the point of the show is to get you to travel that's really the, the objective right given everything I just said before. Uh, and most Americans, two thirds of us don't even have a passport. Right. Wow. And 90% wow. of passport holders don't use the passport. <laughs> right. So maybe we're in the condition we're in because of that. Maybe some of that is this kind of provincial attitude and close-mindedness to other people, <laughs> right? So well, if I wanna motivate people who've never gotten even off the couch, Right. I think I should start with Earth's Greatest Hits. 
Mm. I think I should start with the most accessible, almost touristy places in the world. Right. And like I said, they're touristy for a reason. Yeah. Right? And so, so starting with that, I haven't even scratched the surface right. 28 episodes later into Somebody Feed Phil. By the way, there's another five coming soon. <gasps> oh, yeah. soon? Yay. Shot already. Yeah. Yay. Before the end of the year. Oh, yay. I'm not allowed to say that. They don't want me saying what the date is or where we're going. I have to drop it like I'm Beyonce dropping an album. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you're like Taylor Swift. Tonight at midnight, exactly. guess what's coming Here out? That's, yes. that's kind of it. Yeah. I just heard it yesterday. Very good album. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. I, Melanie and I both have, have, have traveled some, but I now, I have a list. Melanie and I have a plan, really, for, for what we would like to do, all as a result of watching your show. And just the reminder that there is a great big world out there, and we're almost at an empty nest stage in our lives, and there's some stuff we want to see and some places we want to go. What's your, your connection? Melanie, you want to tell the story? Yeah, so we met, we're like eHarmony. We met on the internet. <laughs> um, we both started like what were mommy blogs back in the day when people used to write daily blogs. And Sophie had a blog called Boo Mama, which was hers. And this was in 2006. Mine was yep. called Big Mama. Um, and we both were working moms that had only children. And so mm -hmm. we found each other. I thought Sophie's writing was so funny. And we yeah. just had a lot of things in common. So I emailed her one night randomly and said, hey, we have a lot in common. Um, and we just started emailing back and forth. And then eventually we called each other on the phone. And mm -hmm. now, I mean, yeah. And so here we are all these years later. But um, we just met Beautiful. through the internet. Yeah. And kind of started, we started with blogs and then we both wrote books. And then we started the podcast. And uh, here we are. The internet yeah. we use for good. It can. And I always say yes. like it, it gave me somebody I would have never known a mom in Birmingham without the internet, you know? So well, you're, you're, you know, you asked how we pick places. So the moment we say, Hey, uh, uh, I've never been to Marrakesh. It's always seemed so exotic. Well, let's, you know, we're not just going on a whim. We do what everybody does. We have the phone, yeah, right? the internet, and we start researching. First of all, is there enough food to sustain us through a week of uh, shooting, right? Is there enough interesting place to eat and enough? Uh, and then is there enough uh, uh, either cultural, charitable, something to, to do in between meals? And once we find that we have enough and it's all something everyone can do. And by the way, we've made it a little bit easier for you because we have a website now that details every place that we go in the show. And so you can click on it and even make reservations. So as soon right. as the world comes back, yes. we're ready. We're and ready I'm go. very confident that the world is coming back. Why? Yes. Because it's come back every other time there's been something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, if it's not, I don't want to know it's not. That's exactly right. That's... I'm going to keep planning. We may as well plan for the best, right? I... Hope for the best, expect the worst, says Mel Brooks. I totally agree. Totally so agree. That's what I do. And the moment there's a vaccine, we're gonna be back to normal. It just, it's not gonna come as quick as some people think it is or want it to be. And I'm not taking the first one that uh, <laughs> Mucko recommends. I don't even, listen, when there's a, uh, when, when they update the phones. Yeah. I don't even do that until I see what happens to other No, people. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. I keep saying I don't want your fresh vaccine. I don't want oh. your fresh off the off the line vaccine. Um, okay, so I have um, a, a specific question. I, I try to gauge, you know, you try to tell when do you really like something and when do you really not like something? And you seem to almost always really like something. But that that centuries old egg that feel, I, that felt to me like a low. That felt like not maybe your favorite. Oh, that was I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever. That was you taste really really rotten egg the moment you put it in your mouth. Um, idiot, I put an entire half an egg in my mouth because I'm so hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, I my brother, you hear him laughing by, uh, behind the camera. He goes, "You turned every shade of that egg." And the yolk is bluish green and the white and brownish orange because they literally buried it in ash and lime and under the ground for months until it hard boils itself right oh. chemically and so it's really rotten egg and then this aftertaste of ammonia oh overpower like oh. crazy and yet people like it right. here's what i learned after eating it it was a hot pot restaurant where they put, the, you know, dozens of ingredients in the hot pot. You're supposed to take a little tiny piece of this and it's just to, to provide a little funk to the thing. Not, oh, oh, you weren't supposed to eat the whole thing in one bite. Wasn't. Mm. That was a miscalculation. But people mm -hmm. say we even got a note from Netflix. It looks like Phil likes everything. Yes, I like everything I'm putting in. <laughs> Would it be a no. great show if I went, hey, we're going to Massimo Bittura. And he's the greatest chef in the world. And now he just made you something. Here it is. Bum, 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 bum. Here it is. Man, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a good show, really. That's, yeah. My favorite is I got my parents to watch it and they've loved it and they've traveled all over. And so I knew, especially during all this, I was like, you've got to watch it. It's like you get to travel vicariously and eat at mm -hmm. all these places. And my dad was talking about it and he said, and, and he said, he goes, everything's his favorite. He said, everything he tries is his favorite. And we were like, we love it because you're so excited. But do you truly have a favorite? Do you have like a top? But everything is my favorite because it's now. <laughs> yes. Right in the moment right yes yeah i mean yes there are standouts that i'll never forget here's how we know when something is really really great we get it again off camera oh per show per uh location that we're like that herring sandwich in the market in tel aviv can we go back there again tomorrow uh -huh. and can we go before we go to the airport to go home yes yes okay there's stuff that's like awesome that. There's always something. The cow soy in Northern Thailand, I'll never forget. That was a food that I never had before that now that I'm in LA, I mean, this is the best part of travel, right? Especially if you right. live in a city that has stuff uh, and the diversity of Los Angeles or New York, there's 50 places that serve that dish that I can oh, find. Wow. I'm oh. trying a moment until I find the one that's closest to the experience I had in uh, Chiang Mai. Yes. That's awesome. One of my favorite things that you said, and this was on the Los Angeles episode, which again, I, I, I feel like Chris Farley, that was one of my favorites, but I, I really did love it because one of the things you said in Los Angeles was you said there, there are hidden treasures here and you just have to look for them. And I think that is the real gift of travel is yeah. you're just on an excursion to find the hidden treasures. And sometimes you even find those hidden treasures in your own town. You know, like I can find those hidden absolutely. treasures in Birmingham. You can travel in your own town. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. We don't find the treasures is because we're afraid of looking. We That's think, right. oh, I'm going to waste this meal if I don't get the thing I had last week. 
right? Mm -hmm. But I, I tell everybody, here, we have the phone. There's a Peruvian restaurant down the street. I don't know anything about Peruvian food. I don't want to, why would I eat that? I, I know steak and I know hamburgers. That's what I'm at. Right. Look, just, I'm just telling people, look at the menu. Just look at the menu. Oh, they have chicken and rice. I like, that's right. You like, <laughs> so why don't you try it? You go in, you have it, it's delicious. Or it's not, maybe it's not. So you don't go again. But the, the, the tasting is its own reward. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But let's say you like it. Now you go back and you mm -hmm. bring somebody. You got to have this. It was fantastic. I'm going to try something else. This looks good too. If that's good, maybe this is. And then you meet the owner and the owner's nice. And you talk to him about his, where he's from. And the next thing you know, you're in Machu Picchu. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so good. It just opens. It's getting outside your bubble. It just, the, the world opens up when you get outside your bubble. And listen, I'm a scaredy cat and I'm older. And uh, uh, like I said, I'm not an adventurer with my shoes. I go <laughs> and I don't want to do anything. And that usually the stuff, the most outrageous thing you've seen me do on the show, if you uh, going into that pond in the middle of Vietnam with the snakes. Yes, yes. Oh. They, uh, what I said was true. They said, you're going to get up at 4 a.m. You're going to get put on these hip waders. You're going to go in the swamp. You're going to pull up uh, lotus roots and snails. And I said, you lost me at 4 a.m. <laughs> I'm out. I don't want to do that. I'm all, I want to be comfortable. Uh -huh. Yeah. Sure enough, that step out of your comfort zone, that's where the magic is. Yeah, that's that is. Yeah. I, I yeah. totally agree. We've loved your show because you inspire us all. Like is, is somebody, because we look at you and go, okay, we do see that like, you're, you're just like us. Like you're, you're just like us. And to see you, like, I mean, I texted Sophie and I said, all of a sudden I want to go get on a rickety boat and go down a river market in Bangkok. That was something I didn't even know was a real thing. Try. But you opened up my eyes to it. That's a ride. And it's yeah. gorgeous and it's great. You know, it's like the, it's a small world ride. Yeah. All that. <laughs> But Disney ain't feeding you on that ride. No, no. This is 10 times better. Yeah. Look how great that is. And, you know, the, again, the opposite of Bourdain. I want people to look and say, if that putz can go outside, maybe <laughs> I can too. That's all. Well, you have given such a gift to all of us. I mean, we love your show. We've been, we're evangelists for your show. I mean, we're telling everybody like- it, yeah, nothing, <laughs> just your time. But if you That's ever right. want to come to San Antonio, I will tell you we are the home of 750 different Mexican restaurants. I love it. I, I love would it. help you blaze through I love a your lot. path. I know all about that. I see movies and pictures of that. I can't wait to go. Yeah. Well, one of these days I will, I will take you. We have a culinary Institute here and I would, I would love to be your guide. So if you ever find yourself in San Antonio. Oh, great. And um, I love Austin. And I love, and uh, I'll tell you just between us, Oh, I can't tell you, you're recording. No, I, I, can, I can cut it out. You can tell us. No way! Uh -huh. You know, I got a message here and then I lost, I mean, I can hear you, but I, you can see me, but I can't see you. Oh. I don't know where it went. Hang on. I did that earlier. I think if you click on the little camera, like the little blue that looks like a camera, it'll pop back up. Maybe if you have that somewhere on your screen. Uh, <laughs> so weird. I'm doing. Oh, there you are. Okay. There you go. There we go. Well, we 
we cannot thank you enough. I'm so delighted to know where you just told us that you're going, that we can't tell. Yeah. And I'm excited that there are new episodes that will be coming at some point because I was really worried. I was really we finished in, in mid-January, so just under the wire. Just under the wire. Well, that gives us all something to look forward to. We it have does. just loved your show. You've brought so much laughter I didn't even know into my home for years. I mean, since Everybody Loves Raymond and so much of your work. And so it's just been amazing. And I think you've just been such a great... Um, I just feel like when the world feels crazy, you've just been like, I've said, you're like the warm cookies and glass of milk, um, <laughs> that, that we all need right now. Our security blanket that we all need to make us feel exactly right. that love is still out I'll there. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm the George Clooney. I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have the shoes. You do have the shoes. <laughs> hey, nobody, nobody can mess with your shoe game. At That's all. right. Thank you, Full Rosenthal. We are so honored and grateful that you took some time to talk to us today. And, um, and we really are. We're super grateful for what you're doing in the world. It's really good work and it's fun to watch. Well, you two made my day and I love meeting you both. You're so sweet and great. And I want to thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day. You too. All right. Bye, Phil. Bye. Bye. So that was pretty much everything I hoped it would be and more. And I feel like just the fact that he also had some technical difficulties, like that our picture went away for a minute and that, <laughs> like his messages popped up on his phone. He had to text somebody in the middle. I'm like, Phil, it feels like you're our people. It feels like right. you fit right in. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it felt right. It felt good. It confirmed. And I love you and I have always said this. I love when you meet people who are the same people that you see them to be when they're on a larger stage. And that's Absolutely. what I loved about him. It's, I was like, the Phil we just talked to is the same Phil he is on the show. And it just makes you, makes you realize why he manages to go into all these different places and people fall in love with him because I'm ready to have him over for like Thanksgiving dinner. Pretty much me too. I'm, mm -hmm. re I'm ready to host him for an extended period of time should he want to come to Birmingham. Yeah. Um, I'm also ready to impose myself on him and his family should I find myself yes. in Los Angeles. So yeah, either way. Works out well. That's either, good. Either way. So Phil has probably been looking for where could I find friends from Texas and Alabama and <laughs> good luck. Congratulations. Hey. You found it just them. happened. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Okay. Yeah. So thanks as always y'all for listening and we will be back next week with low, even more fun, but just the two of us, as far as we know. Yes. Unless I don't know, Taylor Swift calls or something like that. And then, <laughs> then we're open, then we're right. available. So or if you decide you're going to message Ed Ogeron, that would, Oh, well that, that, yeah, that's another one. And Jimbo Fisher. So I've got a list at this point, I'm working on a list. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye. Bye. Ow.